Welcome to Loaded Talk. I am your congressman, the third most popular political candidate to ever be. I am Frank, and along with me... What's up, planet Earth? I'm Bean. Bean. We're coming with that head nod shit that will make you break your neck. <laughs> Woo-ha. Got you all in check. <laughs> so how was your Thanksgiving? How was Turkey Day? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, I ate way too much. I think I had seconds of everything. Nice. Yeah. We, uh, we went up to, to Ohio, and so I think I had an unknown number of deviled eggs. I think if one day I started trying to count it, and I started feeling lots of shame, and I stopped counting. Because it was like, all right, a bunch of Thanksgiving, and then, you know, the next day, I had a bunch for breakfast. And <laughs> <laughs> at lunchtime, had a couple more. and So I don't know. I probably ate, I don't know, how over a dozen eggs, I think. So a lot of protein. It's good problem is with uh traveling for thanksgiving you don't get as many leftovers you know so uh i did what any red-blooded american male does when his wife leaves town for the weekend i baked a turkey last night yeah leftover turkey yeah and i found i made the stuffing too i found it's a paleo friendly stuffing which i'm not really doing paleo but uh you know cutting the bread out and all that and so it's like almond flour and eggs and then apples which you don't really taste that much i think they just add a little sweetness and texture and then like carrot celery onions and then sweet potatoes was the missing link interesting yeah because bread has a sweetness to it you don't really think about but the stuffing the first round i tried it i was like it's a little dry little me but uh sweet potatoes really tied it all together i am what i am all right well that's my big thanksgiving update as far as things going on into in the world i want to start with the most tragic the thing that brings me the most heartache, and that, of course, is George Santos being expelled from Congress. So we'll go to this article from The Guardian here. The New York Republican fabulist and accused fraudster George Santos has been expelled from Congress. The vote to expel Santos the second since his election last year. Cried two-thirds majority. They got uh, 311 people voted to kick him out. Um, he is only the sixth member to be expelled. The first three fought for the Confederacy, and then the other two were convicted of crimes. So he's actually the first one to ever be expelled from Congress without being convicted of a crime, which I do find to be troublesome. Um, but, you know, like 311 people voted to throw him out. Because <clears throat> um, he's pleading not guilty. I mean, he's guilty. But he's pleading not guilty. Um, let's see. The, uh, what changed things was, whoops, you're on my screen. Get off of here. Sorry, when I tap mine, I steal the mouse from you. Yeah. Um, da, 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 where is it? Okay, yeah, here it is. Uh, the damning report from the House Ethics Committee detailing how Santos used campaign funds for purchases including travel, cosmetic treatment, luxury goods. Oh, wait, they didn't mention the... And OnlyFans. It's not mentioned in this article, but one of the things he used his campaign funds on was OnlyFans subscriptions. Seriously? Seriously. He used campaign funds to pay for OnlyFans. Wow, there's a <laughs> lot of firsts going on here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, because you, uh, you look at some of the other stuff, and you go, well, you know, I remember Marco Rubio getting $500 haircuts, which, you know, look, I'm not saying that I've got a wonderful hairline. But I don't pay $500 for a haircut. Marco Rubio does not have enough hair to spend $500 on a haircut. Yeah, if that's what 500 gets you, 
Yeah, I mean, it's some <laughs> weird comb-over type thing. Like, I don't know. It's not good. I mean, like, look, I feel you, you know. I wish I had more hair like I used to. But, you know, I think I'm kind of mad my barbershop went up to $35. Like, for real. I, before, I was like, all right, 40 with tip. That seems okay. Now I got to go up to, like, 45 And I don't feel good about it. But, you know, you got to pay your, pay your bills, I guess. I do like my barber. Um, blah blah blah. Is there anything else important about this? This rebellion, man. Who cares about you? Communications for whoever the hell don't care. Okay, so I wanted George Santos to stay in Congress, possibly forever. So, like, <clears throat> of course, you remember when, uh, like all the stuff when he ran, like all the weird stuff with Santos. Like, okay, so he gets elected. Maybe that's is that listed in here? Um, is it scrolling for you? Yeah. Okay. But uh, where is it? So he gets elected up in New York, and it was like gay, Hispanic, Republican. Uh, it was part of the like the wave election in New York, where just a whole bunch of red seats, you know, all blue seats turned red. And so Republicans were like, "We got a gay Hispanic." Ching, and then, <laughs> and so like he was, uh, and so he said, I don't know. He said basically that he got. Uh, that he worked for like um, a bunch of investment houses before starting his own and that he was wealthy, you know? And so he was a successful businessman basically. And who worked in finance and investments Uh, at some point, I think he loaned his campaign something crazy, like $800,000 or something like that. And so you go, well, I mean, he's rich from investments. He put 800 grand toward it, like good on him, you know? And uh, ends up, he didn't work for any of those investment houses. And he's like, well, my family has some money. Well, it ends up his mom's a maid in South America. And uh, so maids in South America aren't typically rich, believe it or not. <laughs> but, it sounds like Epstein. And uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, BS in your way into the rich lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Where did Epstein get his money? Right. That's the other thing. No one no one knows no right. one knows where he like it's like oh he works in investments it's like yeah but how did he get the billion like, right how did he end up a billionaire like he just made friends with him yeah well cia you know or some people say what all what's the israeli secret or Mossad? yeah Mossad. Mossad. yeah Mossad. some people ah he's not cia he's Mossad, but you know potato potato you know um but uh but yeah, so then it's like, okay. It's like, so you weren't rich. It's like, also, there's open warrants for your arrest in, where was it, Brazil or someplace? Wherever he's from, his mom's from. It's, uh, he basically would, uh, he broke into some of her clients' houses, or maybe he was helping her or something, but still, like, stole checkbooks and wrote bad checks, stole some jewelry and wow. all that. And, uh, and a picture came out. I guess he liked to uh, kind of dress and drag like the Chiquita Banana Lady. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I guess he liked to do drag shows and all that. But, you know, he was openly gay, so not, that really wouldn't score points against you, I guess. Um, you know, it's not like he was running as a Christian conservative that was you know, anti-gay <laughs> or something. But uh, either way, total fraud. No idea where this money comes from. Uh, he got other people's money, which, I mean, I guess if you donate money to your campaign and then you use it for OnlyFans... Is that as corrupt? I don't know. I mean, why not just pay it with your own money? 
was hell, you know, where the 800 grand or whatever it was come from. Uh, but I wanted him in office forever just because if he got reelected, which he said he wasn't going to run, but if he got reelected with like two years uh, or at least one year of all this damning information that he's like a total fraud and possibly a criminal. And it's just like, well, name recognition is just is good. Name recognition just gets you reelected. I think after one time, people will be like, all right, you know, Democrats, oh, this is just how crazy Republican voters are, you know. And I think all the Republicans be like, we got to primary this guy. But if you won twice, then it's like, all right, keep going, man. Just stay in forever. Just show what a mockery this, this whole system is. And then maybe at some point you get both of them going, we need term limits. We can't get George Santos can't be in here uh, forever. And that would have been wonderful. But instead, they expelled him. Yeah, yeah like I thought so. You know, it's like just, and it would just be so funny to me or just double down and go, I'm not going anywhere. And then win. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sorry. It's like, yeah, I lied the first time. Since then, I have been a representative. So now it's just re-election. And you can show. Uh, I think he pretty much votes. However, Marjorie Taylor Greene votes. And so he can, you know, be like, I'm a conservative leader. Look at my voting record. And then he even stood up for uh, McCarthy uh, a couple of times because McCarthy opted not to do an expulsion vote on him at first because the majority was so slim. So he just stripped him of all committee assignments, but let him stay in there and get, get paid and everything. So uh, Santos was like, OK, works for me. Like you, Mark McCarthy. And so, but yeah, we lost him. We lost him. The best congressman we had, George Santos. <laughs> I hope he runs for Senate, and I hope he wins. <laughs> Edge of that. Especially if he ran against uh, somebody like Chuck Schumer, you know? Like the Senate the Senate majority loses to George Santos. I mean, that that would be that would be such a great day. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, all right. So another interesting thing that happened. Did you watch the DeSantis-Gavin Newsom debate? I did not. So, yeah, I kind of forgot it was on and then uh, saw some posts. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this thing. Of course, uh, DeSantis is our governor here in Florida and Newsom is the governor of California. And uh, DeSantis is running for president. But one of the funniest things that happened that night was at the end. Oh, that was probably Sorry. me stealing from you. Um one of the funniest things of the night happened where it was at the end and this debate had been going on and I would, I think Gavin Newsom did not seem like prepared necessarily. Like he had, they would show, I mean, Sean Hannity was moderating this thing, right? So, you know, the questions are going to be from the perspective of like, of Sean Hannity, you know, like he was like, oh, I'll be fair. I'll be fair. And like, I mean, Maybe. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was no more unfair than like when the CNN people host like a Republican thing or whatever, or even a presidential debate. Uh, but, you know, the questions come from the perspective of somebody who's a Fox News talk radio Republican guy. And so it was a lot of them are like, hey, Democrat stuff's bad, right? Don't you think? Or, you know, like uh, with the borders, he's like, is it okay for terrorists to come in through the southern border? And it's just, you know, it's one of these questions where it's like, no, yes, you know, it's not not a fair question. You know. It's loaded. Yeah. yeah. Did, have you told anybody you beat your wife? You right. know. <laughs> but uh, 
It's not what I was going on, but it was like they'd show these stats and it'd say like, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember. One was about people leaving. Uh, one was like people since in the two year period, you know, like 800,000 people left California and like half a million people moved to Florida. And Gavin Newsom was like 2023, more people moved from Florida to California than California to Florida. And they're like, <laughs> OK, <laughs> but like overall, and he kept pulling that stat out. And so it was like, all right. But he never said how many. Like, it could be seven and five. You know, I don't know. But uh, but that was one where he actually knew what his number meant. Later, there'd be a question about, I don't know. I forget. Economic things. And so they'd show the numbers on the board. They, the numbers came from, like, the federal government. Uh, we're going, oh, according to the blah, blah, blah labor statistics, you know, California this, Florida that. And then he'd be like, no, California is actually... Uh, doing better than Florida by 19% or something like that. And they're like, but no, the the numbers are right there. And he'd be like, nope, 19%. And, and so it's, a, but it was like every time he I had just to, picture this kid in a corner, like pouting with his arms folded. You yeah, know? yeah. It was more like uh, Christian Bale and American psycho just trying to like schmooze it through. But like the problem was, I don't think his team taught him what the numbers actually were, you know? So like whatever this, you know, I'm kind of making up the 19%, but he's like, oh, nope, 90% better than Florida. And it's like, in what regard? Like, because we're looking at the number, like they're asking about these numbers that they're showing that were pulled from, you know, the federal government. And uh, you're basically like, no, here's my number. And it's like, right. But what is that number? And he never, he couldn't ever like elaborate on what that number was. They would just be like, like, here are these stats. How you want to talk about them? You're like, with a different stat. It's like it's like where are you getting that stat? I don't know. So it it did not go well for him the whole time. It looked like just a a line, like a cat falling off a table. Cat falling off a table. I don't know. You're talking about like scratching at everything, (laughs) trying to try to maintain. He's well, you know, he stayed poised, I guess. but like he he just didn't have a lot of arguments in his pocket and his arguments were very superficial at least his ability to make the argument he couldn't go one layer deeper let alone break it down he at just all. kept it like vague in general yeah he just had all these different like talking points and numbers like memorized but he didn't know why he couldn't show the work you know and because of that like it became increasingly ridiculous um so like i mean he did not look good in this he looked like somebody who, um, cause you would think like, all right, he's going to come out. He's running to be the alternative Biden for when Biden like just keels over from being old and decrepit, you know? And, uh, everyone's like, well, he's, he's good looking. He's smooth. You know, he represent and like, he was, you know, hundred percent defending Biden and, and everything. The administration, like gave him a grade of a defended Bidenomics, defend like anything that was about Biden. He's like, Oh, hundred percent doing great. Um, and so, but he, he did show up as somebody that was just tried to like, I don't know, car salesman past the, past the point. Um, and it went like that all night. So then at the end, I'm getting a little tired. It's about sleepy time. I'm like, well, it's wrapping up, you know? So Hannity goes like, Oh, thank you, gentlemen. Um, you know, I, I hope we can get together sometime and do this again. And, uh, Newsom stand up there. He's like, Psh. and he, he's like, I'm here right now. I could go for hours. Let's keep going. Like another hour or two. I, I could debate all night. 
And I couldn't hear what DeSantis was saying because Newsom's mic, I guess, was louder or something like that. But I imagine, you know, DeSantis was giving it any time, yeah, whatever, let's go. And so, you know, clearly bluster. You know, I'm watching it and like, all right, assholes, you know. So you're expecting Handy to be like, all right, well, okay, we'll try and get this done later. He, Handy goes, okay, well, I mean, we have time. We were going to go into the analysis, but uh, we can just keep going on this. It sounds like both parties agree. So when you come back from the, because he was he was doing his exit thing, but he's like, all right, well, both parties agree. We're going to keep debating. So uh, after this commercial break, I guess more debates coming. <laughs> and so like I was sitting there, I'm like, holy cow, they just blustered their way into like more debate that they haven't prepped for. You know, <laughs> I was like, this is great. And so then the commercial comes back, and I'm just just waiting. Or they come back from commercial. Hannity's like, well, both parties, uh, both parties agree that they actually have other commitments and they don't have time to debate. So we're going to go ahead and stick with the original plan, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, that's hilarious because it's like, oh, all these macho dudes is like, we can go for hours. And it's like, well, I mean, not now. Not yeah, like they went to break and we're like, well, maybe like, not. Yeah. Like, I don't actually want to do that. I was just looking tough for the cameras. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Like, we agreed to 90 minutes. 90 minutes is up. Let's get out. So. Then afterwards, some kind of post-debate reports are coming through. Um, let me go on a second here. I already told you about all that kind of stuff. Let me jump to the bottom. All right. So we're going down to uh, beginning with behind the scenes. This is from NBC News. Uh, but behind the scenes, atmosphere is far less jovial. The matchup between the two governors on opposite sides of the spectrum who have long used each other as foils. And while DeSantis is currently running for president, he's trailing blah, 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 but the audience didn't see, and what at least five seconds, or five seconds, what five sources shared with NBC News is that off screen there were significant disagreements happening. Uh, both teams were arguing that the other side was breaking the rules that were agreed upon in advance. Um, so, I'm going to skip through most of it. Basically, like, like there's a bunch of children. Yeah, well, they were, everybody was supposed to stay in like the green rooms, and you weren't supposed to talk to the candidate. So at some point, like, uh, first commercial break, DeSantis takes a pee break or whatever, and his wife was standing there waiting by the door instead of staying in the green room. And she is like an advisor and very political savvy. But apparently, and I hadn't read it to this article, um, Newsom's wife came into the debate room a couple times to raise some objections. I guess she wasn't supposed to do that. Um, but so she also, the uh, Newsom's wife also made her way to the stage during the break after the candidates agreed to extend the debate and put an end to it. A fifth source on the ground, unaffiliated with either campaign, which probably means a Fox News person, confirmed that Seibel, 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 is that the name? Yeah, Seibel. Uh, Seibel Newsom ended the debate on her husband's behalf saying, we're done. So, like, his wife came and was like, nope, we're done. We're done. And uh, so I have a feeling she saw what everybody else was saying, that it was not going well. Um, and it's just like, get out of there, like. She probably also knew, like, you've gone through all the talking points we've talked about, you know? Hey, you're out of, you're, you're empty, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, a DeSantis person, obviously, spun it that way. Um, but yeah, uh, it goes into this other crap. But at some point, uh, DeSantis uh, brought up her dad because he made this point. He goes, you know, I was talking to this guy the other day. He said he moved from California to Florida. He said it was just, uh, you know, a better governed state. It was, you know, better taxes. But, oh, that was it. On taxes, they showed, like, that Florida has higher property taxes. California has higher all the other taxes. And Newsom's like, no, it's more affordable for the working man in California than Florida. 
And they're like, you have, it sounds like your gas is over $5 a gallon. How does that help anybody? And, uh, but he goes, nope. It's about, he couldn't, he couldn't say why. He couldn't like calculate like, you know, well, you know, if you look at this, that, and the other, the working class actually is better off. And he goes, oh, you're charging the poor. That's what you do. You charge the poor. And because it's like, I, you know, it's like, but your average sales tax is higher. You know, the gas tax is higher. You have income taxes, um, like state income taxes. And so it's really hard to see where the math would add up, um, you know, and he never did add it up. But anyway, so uh, DeSantis is like, oh, you know, this guy moved and he's talking about all this great stuff. And he goes, oh, and by the way, my son-in-law is the governor of California. So he brought up, you know, Newsom's father-in-law, apparently, moved to Florida and according to DeSantis, told him that Florida was better run than California, which, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. He said so, and I haven't seen anybody come out and say that um, whatever his name is uh, said that wasn't true, you know? I haven't seen any reports like, hey, that's not what happened at all. He didn't even talk to him. He just heard that he moved here or something. Um, so it might be true. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that was... That was one of my favorite moments of the week was just watching watching these people bluster their way into more work and then not actually have the guts to back it up, um, which it probably would have been a total mess, um, but it would have been great. It would have been <laughs> glorious. Oh, man. The one thing, though, like, so the DeSantis camp is going to get lots of good clips to pull for campaign ads and fundraisers and all that kind of stuff, and they'll be able to, like, make the point, like, Look, this is how I stand up to the leftist arguments. You know, if I was debating Joe Biden, I mean, look what I did with Newsom. Think what I would do with Biden. You know, so he'll be able to make these pitches and might give him a little spike. I don't know. I mean, he's still like Trump is so far ahead of everybody that um, really, if DeSantis doesn't win Iowa, like time to pull pull the cord, get out. And then if Haley doesn't win New Hampshire. Because I don't think she'll win South Carolina. If she wins New Hampshire, then she has a chance to get momentum into South Carolina, which is where she was a governor, you know. But if Trump takes Iowa and New Hampshire, I imagine he's going to take South Carolina and the whole board after that. And it's just like, uh, you know. I saw the clip of him walk into the South Carolina stadium for a football game. And it just was, I mean, I I was probably deafening in there. Cheering? Oh, yeah. Going nuts. You see him going to the... uh, the UFC event, they, I forget which fight it was, but like all together, it was Donald Trump, Kid Rock, Dana White. And I feel like there's one other person. I can't remember who, but another like, you know, uh, right wing, you know, Republican person that gets a lot of attention. I forget, but yeah, they worked. I think like Joe Rogan referred to him as the Republican Avengers or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that place is UFC fans. Apparently, like at least ninety percent of them are Trump people, um, and so like that place exploded. So I don't know. It's I don't see how Trump doesn't win this. And like you know, I get it. All the other people are going to give it the college try. Um, I I'm surprised at much, how much Haley's catching steam. I mean, she's done well in debates, but. For a while, it seemed like the Republican Party was moving a little more anti-war, and she is not. She's very pro-war, but I guess there's still a chunk of the Republican Party that's holding on to that whole 
go around the world and get in wars and stay in wars and fight the wars and Team America and all that kind of stuff. Um, Who would be Trump's VP? Well, that is the actual interesting question, I think. Um, it wouldn't be Haley, I don't think. Uh, she served as a UN ambassador under him and, you know, resigned and all that. But she was one of the few people that resigned without getting the getting flamed by Trump, you know, because most people would like, like, <laughs> like I quit like he was a dog. He was a dog. <laughs> begged me for his job. I said, OK, and he failed so bad. I let him resign. Uh, but her, he's like, oh, thank you for your contributions, whatever. Um, but uh, Vivek says he doesn't want it. Um, he says, I, you know, I'm an executive. I've never been a number two. I wouldn't want to do it. Um, but I could see a situation where Trump, because Vivek also hasn't said anything negative about Donald Trump. You know, called him, he said he's the best president of the 21st century, which, you know, hasn't been going on that long, but I guess 23 years. Um, <clears throat> so I could see a situation where Trump's like, hey, I like your idea about firing FBI firing these executive branch deals. Um, how about as a VP, you'll have you'll be the boss over this side of stuff, and then I'll handle all this other stuff. And that way, you know, you kind of answer to me, but I'll let you do your thing. And you just we're gonna pay, you know, we'll be on the same side. And him being like, okay, or at least that being the spin, you know, because quite frankly, someone offers you vice president of the United States, like, I mean. Come on. There's a lot of benefits. Yeah, like, I take it. <laughs> I'll be like, these corrupt politicians are all slime working for power. It's like, you want to be VP? It's like, yeah, I'll be VP. <laughs> it's like, don't you hate the guy that's going to be president? It's like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm vice president now. <laughs> as long as that check shows up. <laughs> as long as that check shows up from you and the defense lobbyists, <laughs> especially big pharma. But, uh, and it's just like, I'm a. One assassination attempt away from being a giant to this place. Then maybe you do the Lyndon Johnson thing and don't have people assassinated. You know, I think Lyndon Johnson's guilty as all hell. Um, that was, uh, I tell you about in, so in Memphis, a lot of people that like back in the day, back in the sixties and stuff, there's a lot of people that would like work as, um, you know, uh, like, I don't know what you call them. Like, waiters for house parties you know like it's like for a caterer but kind of not like it's old south kind of stuff so it's they're kind of like made butler type people but like they work parties for rich people and so they would travel through you know dallas uh louisiana places like that and so there's these one cats that went from memphis that were working a party in dallas uh i think it was either for lyndon johnson or some big donor or something but apparently Lyndon Johnson busted in and uh, he's like, that son of a bitch has made a monkey out of me for the last time. And like that was him talking about Kennedy. And not too long after that, hmm. his, his head popped. So I don't know. I think him and CIA were I think they were all on the same page on that one. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, all right. Speaking of weaponization. One second of our government. We've actually got some hearings going on. Um, did I say everything I want to say about all that? Oh, for Vivek, though, I did end up uh, buying his koozies. 
uh, which is going to count as a campaign contribution, which I hate. It's going to put me on more lists. I'm on. I get so many. I get them from both the Democrats and the Republicans, which is fun because I get mail. We'll be like, find out how Joe Biden is destroying America. Find out why Joe Biden's the only hope for America. And it's in the same day. I'm like, well, let's see what they say. Um, but uh, Nikki Haley called Ramaswamy scum during the last debate because uh, she was complaining about him being on TikTok or something because it's owned by the Chinese in this other debate. So in this one, he was like, you talk about me being on it. Your daughter's on it right now. Like your daughter posts stuff on TikTok all the time. And she's an adult. She's not a child. But still, like it was kind of bringing family into it, not really making a good point. And so she, she's like, you're just scum. So he made these uh, koozies that say, that say rebel scum since 1776. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's got his little V on it, which, you know, I didn't even realize. But it's fun. Rebel scum. I like it. Um, all right. All right. So uh, on Thursday, House Judiciary Chair uh, Jim Jordan subpoenaed two of the White House's most infamous censorship czars. Former White House Senior Advisor for COVID Response Team Andrew Slavitt. And the former director of digital strategy for the Biden White House, Robert Flaherty. Flaherty. I was reading that as an N earlier. <clears throat> Both men were ordered to appear uh, for a deposition related to the weaponization committee's investigation into how and to what extent the executive branch has coerced and colluded with companies and other intermediaries to censor speech. Uh, so far, they've refused, saying you got to talk to the White House. <clears throat> And it's part, um, it's largely been informed by the explosive Missouri versus Biden, which exposed several instances of illegal censorship directed by the White House and various federal agencies. The case is expected to be heard by the Supreme Court uh, sometime before the end of next June. All right, so here are some of the instances uh, that these cats were in charge of. We got the shadow banning of Tucker Carlson. April 14th, 2021, Slavitt demanded the censorship of a post made by Tucker Carlson because of its anti-vax message. Uh, Facebook responded by sh saying they demoted the post. And despite the shadow ban, Carlson was able to get 40,000 shares because <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a popular guy, prompting uh, Flaherty to follow up with Facebook saying, even in a phone call with a Facebook executive, demanding an explanation for the post virality. Facebook responded by insisting that the video was given a 50% demotion for seven days and stated it would continue to demote the, vi the video. So that was the White House saying, don't let people hear Tucker Carlson. Um, which, by the way, he was just on uh, uh, part of the problem with uh, Dave Smith. Um, have you ever listened to that? Oh, uh, no, I saw the clip of that. Though. Yeah, well, uh. it's, I mean, it's, it's a real good get by, by Dave Smith, you know, to get him on the show. But, uh, yeah, people are freaking out by, by some of the stuff he's saying on it. Um, even like uh, Ben Shapiro got his feelings hurt because they're talking. I don't know. <clears throat> they, ben Shapiro, this Israel thing has broken that man. Yeah, what happened to him? I mean, I I think his wife. I I don't know if she was born in America or Israel, but I think she's got lots of family over in Israel, and so like I get that, and I don't know if he does or you know his family's her family and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I know you know. He's very orthodox, conservative, you know, Jewish guy. But really, I mean, he does the orthodox thing, the no electronics on Saturday and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, for being the facts don't care about your feelings guy, he has he is all in his feelings. And like, they're just 
everything can't be anti-Semitic. You know, like Israel exists as a government. And yes, it's like it's the only Jewish nation and all this kind of stuff. But of course, you talk to anybody in their government or that lives there. You know, of course, they're not a solely Jewish country. There's Christians and Arabs and Jews and Hindu and, you know, like, um, of course, the well, actually, I think the population of Jewish people in New York, maybe Miami, too, is more than Israel. Um, but still, it's the only country that. It's a Jewish home and all that. But it seems like you say anything where you're critical of Israel, some of these people are just like, that's anti-Semitic. And you're like, well, it's not. And even like the the people, some people, a lot of people are stupid. A lot of people don't understand. But, you know, some people are saying there should be a ceasefire because they legitimately just don't want war, you know? And, like, it's not this anti-Semitic thing where you're saying no one cares about the deaths on October 7th. It's that they don't think the solution is just bombing the hell out of uh, Gaza in the name of killing every single Hamas person. Um, like, I get it. Like, I get it. You know, that expression, don't poke the bear. You know, if you got a, a well-armed state that is already possibly not that friendly to you, um, probably shouldn't go through uh, raping and killing. You know? Um because then it just, I mean, like we said, like we talked about when it first broke out, like it was one of those things you just knew all hell was going to break loose. And you didn't, I, you know, I couldn't see a way that it didn't. And obviously it did. Um, and I get that Iran, probably Iran more than um, Hamas themselves, wanted this reaction so that they could try and rally the, the Arab nations to the cause. Um and they got it. And like, <clears throat> it's, it seems. So Iran, you know, they have their different little proxies and some of them, they care about more than others, you know? So, um, was it the Houthis in Yemen? You know, they, they got their back and they kind of, they're kind of a thing. Hamas kind of a thing. They're like, Oh yeah, well, dude, go ahead throw some rocks and stuff. Uh, Hezbollah, now, Hezbollah is one of their babies. They like Hezbollah. And those Hezbollah has not invaded yet. And they've, you know, a couple of rockets being shot from borders and that kind of stuff. But Hezbollah is just like, hey, it's fine. It's fine. Well, we're watching. We're watching. So I don't know. I think um, it's strategic. I yeah. mean, they're just waiting to see if Hamas can't. They don't want to expel their their materials, their weapons until Hamas is like depleted, I guess. Yeah, or they, <clears throat> I yeah, it could be that. It could be just that. The more, the longer this goes on, the more anti-Israel a lot of people are going to be about this war, uh, just because big versus little. You know, you got a nuclear armed state that just somehow got nuclear weapons. We don't know how in the U.S., um, but this nuclear armed state <clears throat> with like sophisticated missiles. You know, they're. Uh, a sophisticated Western society, and then they're going against, you know, the Gazans, or they're going against Hamas, but, you know, people who are li living in tunnels, some of which is Israel says they built. Yep. Um, so, like, this whole terror tunnel thing is kind of an interesting name for it. Um, but, yeah, so people, it's going to be big versus small, and people can get more anti-Israel. So I think Iran uh, sits back and waits. I think the idea is you just... 
try, you hope, if you're Iran, you hope for as many Palestinians to be killed as possible, the more women and children, the better. And then hopefully at some point, you know, some of the people that maybe signed on for the Abrahamic Accords pull out and you can like reestablish a little bit more of a anti-Israel sentiment in the region, something like that. Um, I think that's kind of what's happening here. Israel kind of played right into it, but you know, Netanyahu kind of benefits. It's been reported, I guess the source is a questionable source. But that you know, Netanyahu said that they should support Hamas as long as possible, uh, because as long as Hamas is the head of Gaza, there will never be a two-state solution, and they don't have to worry about that. So, if you're looking for a single state of Israel solution, then you want terrorists to be the ones representing the Palestinians, because the international community will never back them, and so you'll never have pressure from the outside world. <clears throat> now, apparently, the person reporting that is i don't know people question that source about the how valid it is and whether it's a good source i don't know but i mean it's netanyahu's definitely seems to be in a stronger position now as a prime minister than he was six months ago or whenever he finally got through all those elections you know so i mean he definitely benefits from this um anyway Back to the uh, censorship thing. Um, there was also Facebook reported to Flaherty and Slavitt and other White House officials that had labeled and demoted comedic vaccine posts that may discourage vaccination and assured the White House that it labeled and demoted posts suggesting natural immunity to COVID-19 infection superior to vaccine immunity. Let's remember that one. So if, it, if you try to say natural immunity is better, you know, you got to get labeled and demoted. Um, they immediately banned a Biden family parody account. So a parody account linked to Finnegan Biden, Hunter Biden's daughter and president Biden's granddaughter, which I don't even remember that. I guess what it being with Flaherty was like, cannot stress the degree to which this needs to be resolved immediately. Please remove this account immediately. And within 45 minutes, Twitter had suspended the account. Um, the committee and sucks. Subcommittees have attained documents that demonstrate the central role that Slavitt and Flaherty played in communicating with Biden's White House censorship efforts to social media companies, including the White House, blah, 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 blah. So they're trying to get them to testify. So there's a congressional research or congressional hearing on the weaponization of the federal government, which sounds good to me. Hopefully something comes of it. Probably not. Um, but so this one thing. Um, yeah, saying that natural immunity is good, is better than the vaccine. We've got this little study here uh, from Estonia. So, people, this is from <clears throat> TheBlaze.com, which, by the way, they have removed all ads from their website. Is it cooking? Are we getting cookie blocked? Or, okay. Their website is so nice now. They have no ads anywhere. They've got one little pop-up that tries to get you to like subscribe to them. Um, and that, other than that, in the articles, no ads. On the homepage, no ads. Um, it is just one of the cleanest websites. Like, So it's just subscription? No, That's you can read it no matter what. They just say, hey, please support us with subscriptions. Oh, okay. And so, But it's totally free uh, still with zero ad support. Um, nice. Like, yeah, no, Just the News is real clean, too. And like I use my my pie hole to get through some of those ads, but uh, 
But now the blaze, like the. <laughs> it just clicked in my head. <laughs> no, just with the word of or the the phrase pie hole. Oh yeah, <laughs> my raspberry pie filter. <laughs> um, but yeah, but either way, it's it's one of the nicest news websites on there. Even like I know it's you know going to lean more right wing than some other sites that lean left, but like it's just a clean, pretty site. Anyway, let's just be appreciating that. Um, all right. So people with natural immunity to COVID-19 have better protection against a respiratory disease than those who receive the mRNA vaccine, according to a new study. So a group of researchers from Estonia took a pool of 329,496 adults between February 26th and June 25th, uh, 2021. So June of the next year. Uh, the analysis was based on data from 246,113 individuals who qualified as one of the one of four categories uh, that was individuals. So they categorized them as those with no immunity against COVID, those with natural immunity from previous infections, those who had a vaccine immunity and those who had both. So they had it and they got the vaccine. And so which, like a good study. Yeah, that's not a small sample size. Like, I don't I don't really understand the difference between the three hundred twenty nine thousand adults and the two hundred forty six thousand. Like, I don't know what happened to those, like, 80,000 people in that difference, but who cares? 246,000 is still a very good sample size. Um, so natural immunity conferred substantial protection against COVID-19 hospitalization, the author wrote. Our study showed that natural immunity offers stronger and longer-lasting protection against infection, symptoms, and hospitalization compared to vaccine-induced immunity. Uh, let's see. So... People who received vaccine were nearly five times as likely as the naturally immune to test positive for COVID-19 during Delta and 1.1 times more likely during Omicron. Um, so, you know, Omicron was that twist where it was more contagious, less deadly, and everybody was getting it. Um, so still natural immunity, you know, um, you were less likely to get, like substantially less likely to get Delta and a little bit less likely to get Omicron. Um, individuals who were vaccinated against COVID were seven times as likely to be hospitalized during Delta and two times as likely with Omicron. So if you got it and all you had was the vaccine, you were five, two to five times more likely to go to the hospital over it. And I don't know. You'd have to break this out by age because like, I, if it was... If lots of elderly people... We're getting the vaccine, and those are the people going to the hospital. Um, in Estonia, I'm guessing not as much obesity as America. Just, just to guess, um, because I don't think any place has obesity. Uh, UK is making a push. UK is trying to get fat too. Good for them. Good for them. Must be fat. It's interesting because Europe's usually pretty picky about their food. Well, yeah, in general, at least. Well, and they've got different. Uh, like I'm not about you know, federal regulations on this kind of stuff. Uh, but I mean, we got them in America that hasn't prevented this stuff, but like in like Italy and France and stuff, um, I think they still grow their grain with like the same seeds they've been using for like 500 years or something like that. So it's like these heirloom seeds that just grow and they don't buy the, you know, they don't buy the weird hybrid Monsanto kind of things every year. They just like, Oh, bring some stuff to seed, keep the seeds, plant it again, bring it to seed, you know, like the way farmers used to do stuff. And so that's why when people like eat pasta and bread, 
in like France and Italy and stuff. They go like, oh, you know, I didn't lose weight. Like I was over there. I ate tons of bread and cheese and pasta and I lost 10 pounds. It's because it's like real grain and not the crap we use. Um, the bleached out white grain sprayed with sprayed with nutrients. <laughs> if you ever see fortified grains, it means we literally spray uh, like folic acid and stuff onto them, which great, you know. Santos. Yeah, can we just grow like normal wheat? Yeah. DeSantis just signed he's allowing them to we're going to use their radioactive waste to make roads in this area. Highways, (laughs) maybe? Highways. There, um, and I didn't see that, but I imagine that has to do with the phosphate mines. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, phosphate mines. That's right. Yeah, mining runoff or whatever it is. Yeah, the Tampa Bay port um, a huge thing that keeps it open is actually phosphates. Uh, we have phosphate mines in the Bay Area, and uh, they get sent off um, to places that make fertilizer with the phosphates, and then so then they ship fertilizer back. And I think there's another byproduct I forget, but um, I think there's a byproduct from the phosphates from making the fertilizer that we also ship somewhere. Uh, but it all pretty yeah pretty much has a root in phosphate mining. Um, when we had that big leak, cause right South of Tampa Bay, there was that holding place that hadn't been maintained and leaked tons of phosphates into the water. And then surprise, surprise, we had that huge algae bloom that even DeSantis was like, it has nothing to do with that. And I was just like, that's literally impossible. <laughs> like it's, it's a, it's a biotic growth in the water that is like bigger than ever before around the same time you poured fertilizer into the water like hundreds of gallons hundreds of thousands of gallons it's like so you don't see any tie between like biotic growth and fertilizer right what else is it yeah Yeah. i mean if that's not it what is it the golf courses you know they stack uh, they stock these things with like bass or not bass but some sort of fish to uh to that eat algae and all that kind of stuff because all the runoff from keeping the grass green causes all sorts of biotic growth um, and then the alligators eat the fishies, but, uh, or the dogs, but anyway, uh, but with phosphates, so when that leak happened, everyone was talking about how radioactive everything was. Or, oh, this is radioactive. And it's like, well, okay, technically true, but the, like the sun is radioactive. Right. And so when we go outside, we're exposed to radiation. Um, it's a radiation we're used to. And, um, you know, it's one of the reasons that, like, when you're high up in the mountains, sometimes you get worse sunburn because you have less protection from the evil sun's radiation. And we have to do everything we can to take out the sun. Bill Gates is working on the, the plan, that the, the Monty Burns plan of blocking it out with uh, was it calcium carbonate, I think. He wants to fluff up into the sky so it can reflect it. Which Oh, you mean what they've already been doing? <laughs> oh wait oops that's a conspiracy theory Not bad. he's i mean he's paying for the study though <laughs> um and everyone knows the jews control the weather <laughs> i've got to get my hands on this seriously <laughs> did you not buy that space no, laser no, yeah. come on so, it is well i'll get it I'll okay get it. <laughs> I'll wear, i want one too i might get one too for the, <laughs> oh anyway but uh but so it it is it does have radioactivity to it and one of the things that they wanted to do with uh, gypsum, phosphate gypsum, 
uh, I think the right word for it, um, is the spent, I guess once it's used, once it's a waste product, it kind of sits there and you just hold it. But some places you can mix it with, uh, some places like, why don't you just use it as a substitute for one of the other things? That's an asphalt. And then you just use it and then boom, you got okay. for asphalt. And people go, what else can make the roads radioactive? Um, and so I haven't looked to see exactly like how much more radioactive the road would be versus what it is naturally or you know, naturally. Um, cause you know, it spends all day absorbing radiation. And then, um, if you have, when you get x-rays, right? Uh, people wear lead to protect you. Well, after the, of the thing that lead actually puts off radiation cause it's absorbed it and it has absorbed a certain level of, of, of radiation. Now it puts it off there, which every dental hygienist on the planet seems to have no knowledge of how x-ray radiation work. And like when I switched dentists and I had to get x-rays, I was like, you're not going to put on anything. It's like, no, it's fine. And I was like, yeah, she's like, it's, it's a digital x-ray these days. They have less radiation. I was like, that's, I was like, that's not a that's thing. Not an x-ray. <laughs> oh, it is an x-ray, but like the digital is not, is just right. that it used to be on film. So like it would be projected onto this little plate thing, you know, they literally develop it like a camera and now it goes into a computer instead. So it's not that there's no x-ray, it's just not going to literal film. And so I, I ended up telling, I was like, well, yeah, I was like, but I was like, low grade radiation bounces more, has more of a scatter. Uh, and so it actually is going to affect you more than like a strong radiation burst. Probably. I was like, and you're covering me with lead. I was like, so as you come in next to me, this lead is putting off radiation and this whole time you're just staying totally unprotected to it. And uh, I was like, so I don't know. I was like, maybe wear the lead. And she was just like, she's like, you know, you're the second person to tell me that. And, uh, she's like, I had this other person who's a, like a radiologist and uh, she was telling me the same thing. I was like, you should probably listen to the radiologist on that one. I was like, just, uh, you know, I was like, you can do what you want. I was like, but it's real. Radiation's real. Um, I don't even know. But anyway, so yeah, I'd like to see, cause I'm not entirely sure that it's a bad thing. I'm sure environmentally it's a bad, but asphalt's gross too. So I don't know. I'll look into that. Um, let's see. So yeah, Estonia says <clears throat> all that stuff that you got banned for is actually real. Um, Okay, we'll touch on, we'll tear through this one. It's actually kind of a big deal, but I do want to get to Elon. <clears throat> so, Michael Schellenberger and uh, Matt Taibbi have been testifying to Congress. They're both, you know, journalists who are part of the Twitter Files uh, release. Um, they're both left-wing people who are getting labeled as, like, right-wing people now. Uh, because basically just cause they bucked party lines, like during COVID and all that, where it's like, well, party line says, you know, vaccine is perfect. And if you say anything against that, you're clearly a Trump supporter. And so when they would just like report actual stuff, you know, it was just like, well, you're, you know, we got to kick you out now. You're banned and all that. And then with the Twitter files, with all the censorship stuff, the hundred, but you know, being, they're just like they're journalists who are pro free speech, which makes sense, which did not used to be considered right wing. And I don't consider it right wing, but this new flavor of progressive Democrat is so in lockstep that, you know, anything that 
threatens their power structure they call right wing as a disparaging thing you know <laughs> they uh you see it was a couple months ago that uh working out <laughs> stop yeah yeah, yeah. it was that uh, you probably find it with a quick search but it was uh it was something like like exercise is like the new right wing thing or whatever <laughs> i i think it has to do with rogan i think it all ties get to out of here well because you know rogan is all working you know he works out and yeah, stuff yeah. and so then he has on people who are like ufc guys and navy seal guys and you know a lot of and a lot of people are getting like he talks to people people come in he always he chats about exercise even with comedians and stuff because like he's really into it you know like that dude likes working out he's a beast he's a beast um he had the rock on there too jesus and he apparently uh apparently him the rock rogan and then like these three comedians that are friends with him you know I guess I guess Rogan's been trying to get these three comedians to work out more, and so like The Rock was coming on, so they all did a workout with The Rock, you know. So these guys were basically like a month into like exercise in general for the first time ever. It's like okay, we're gonna work out with The Rock today. It's just like like that. <laughs> that would be. I don't know if that would be motivating or intimidating, but uh, I do find that I I do better in those in like classes where they have where you have like a trainer type person and like other people to kind of compete against you know the problem is i can't afford that um but uh but when i was doing when trace's jujitsu class uh at the first gym we we're at it used during that time they used to have like a fitness training sort of thing and like basically if you paid for the monthly dues you got all the stuff you know so i was like oh, i'll do that and it was a lot of fun you know there was younger Younger guys in much better shape than me. Probably better shape than I was at that age, too. Probably just generally more athletic and strong than I am. But it was fun having someone to compete against, even though they would always outdo me. So sometimes I would cheat. <laughs> I would do these sprint things. So one time I just got tired of this dude, Nick, always burning me. So I just grabbed my shoulder and pulled him back. <laughs> I'm like, there you go. I win. Um, <clears throat> anyway. So. Journalist Michael Schellenberger testified in front of a House Judiciary Subcommittee on Thursday claiming military contractors for the U.S. and the U.K. have used dis disinformation tactics against Americans. What? <laughs> no. So this is this is different in that it's not the executive. Now, these are military contractors. Schellenberger said the tactics and silencing of people who disagreed with certain point of view were worse than he had predicted in front of Congress in March. The alleged silencing included censorship on major social media platforms during the 2020 presidential election. No. Let's see. Two days ago, my colleagues and I published the first batch of internal files from the Cyber Threat Intelligence League. Which, uh, yeah, you ever heard of that? <laughs> Um, which shows U.S. and U.K. military contractors working in 2019 and 2020 to both censor and turn sophisticated psychological operations, also known as PSYOPs, um, and disinformation tactics developed abroad against the American people, Schellenberger told these cats. Uh, which, this is that same committee that Jim Jordan's uh, we were just talking about, where he's trying to get the other cats to talk. Let's see. Schellenberger, who helped release the Twitter files, claimed the federal government, including an office in the Department of Homeland Security, played a role in violating the First Amendment through its censorship of people who held differing political views. The First Amendment prohibits the government from abridging freedom of speech, Schellenberger testified. The Supreme Court has ruled that the government may not induce, encourage, or promote private persons to accomplish what is constitutionally forbidden to accomplish. But there's now a large body of evidence proving the government did precisely that. 
The hearing cited evidence of censorship in Twitter, now called X, response to the January 6th riots, and the subsequent banning of former President Trump. Um, yeah, we know what the Twitter files are. Let's see. Da, 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 da. The abuses of power my colleagues and I have documented go well beyond censorship. They also include what appear to be an effort by the government, by government officials and contractors, including the FBI, to frame certain individuals posing a th- as a threat of domestic terrorism for their political beliefs. All of this is profoundly un-American. One's commitment to free speech means nothing if it does not extend to your political enemies. Uh, let's see if there's anything else. No, that's it. Um, so this is actually a bigger thing. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security has a group called, what was it, CISA? C-I-S-A? Something like that. Uh, but basically, it's uh, information information law enforcement type thing. Basically, just thoughts. You know, they, they patrol um, information, cyber information. It's like cyber information, blah, blah, something or other. I forget what it stands for. But they're part of the Department of Homeland Security. So it's just like mining data? I forget. I, I should have pulled all that up. But they, they do. It's not. It's part of Department of Homeland Security. So it's kind of like intelligence gathering, on, you know, on the cybers. You know, it's focused on the cybers. Um, and uh, and they were they were weaponizing themselves against, you know, people who are not pro-Biden or pro um federal government response to things um but like beyond just like the executive branch saying like we're pushing we're pushing for a narrative let's get this narrative which has kind of been what it's been talked about before and even the fbi and cia through the twitter files were like hey you know can't um let's try and silence this kind of stuff was like now even the now the department of homeland security has also been involved and they have a whole agency that was dedicating way too many resources to that. Um, oh shit! I I gotta talk to about this one next. And so uh, there's actually yeah. Let's just go to the next one. I don't know how to not talk to this one next. Um, federal air marshals apparently have not been doing federal air marshal things. And you know I'm not a big fan of the concept of federal air marshals. Like I I think theoretically. I'm fine with like sky law enforcement to a degree, you know, especially if if the private airlines want it to be there. You know, I think all this post 9/11 crap at airports, TSA and all that's pretty ridiculous and Fucking not doesn't work. Patriot Act. Yeah, Patriot Act. Ugh. Um, I mean it's all of this is a result of it. Sure is. <laughs> it sure is. And like I think it's ridiculous. But you know, air marshals Okay, like I'd, if an air marshal on a plane or two or whatever means we don't have to get patted down anymore, I'm all for it, you know. And and really use some intelligence to like figure out which routes to put them on. You know, you probably don't need them from Des Moines to Oklahoma City. You know, like I'm thinking that flight's gonna be fine. Um, pretty much any Spirit Airlines flight out of South Florida, <laughs> put them on that one. <laughs> I mean, not because of terrorism, but because shit's going to go down. <laughs> They're going to punch somebody. Um, but anyway, so right now, uh, I guess uh, Glenn Beck, who's the who runs the Blaze and all that, or I don't know, that's his baby, uh, had the director of Air Marshal National Council on, and she says that right now the Air Marshals are either on the border 
or their following individual. But you're scrolling to mine. Oops, sorry. That's all right. I'm gonna show you. get mine back. Um, so they're either on the border or uh, or following individuals that were in the national capital around January 6th. So we're down on the border doing non-law enforcement duties, handing out water, driving people to the hospital, waiting for them to get stitches, bringing them back to the border patrol facility. Uh, they're picking up Uber Eats orders and performing any NGO task you can imagine instead of thwarting terrorists in the air. Um, but uh, let's see. And one thing that came from this is there's currently an eight-week-old baby that's on the terrorist watch list. You know, that's impressive. Yeah, I mean that baby's badass. But uh, what happened was that baby's father, um, year, you know, so January sixth was twenty twenty one. Yeah, so in twenty twenty one, he got a citation for parading, which is a crime. <laughs> yep, parading, which I think just means that he walked into the Capitol building maybe and he didn't break in. I think it's a charge. Like it's not trespassing. It's, I don't even know what parading really but Can't is. you walk into the Capitol? Well, during January 6th, you know, Oh, when, uh, but even then the more footage that comes out now that all of it's been put out, uh, where it shows, I mean, I think, you know, the people breaking windows and getting in that way. Like, I think that's an easy case of trespass, but, when you see all the guards opening all the doors saying, come on into the people's house. Like a lot of those people that weren't the first in that just like, Oh, people are walking in right now that followed in. It's like, I mean, this is the danger. This is the danger to the Republic. Um, but anyway, so I think he got one of those kind of charges that he was there. Um, it, didn't the report come out that it was like 200 FBI agents were in the crowd too? I, they won't say how many, but they, you know, with the new footage, they have shown that <clears throat> the uh, Capitol police sure looks like they started firing tear gas and stuff into the crowd before anything went down. And that's probably what will set off the violence. Nice, uh, nice stir. Oh man. It's crazy. This dude got shot in the face with, um, I, I think a rubber bullet. I, um, and it went into his cheek. Oh. They, they were stuffing like gauze or something in to his cheek and sticking out because they pierced his face with it because they were just indiscriminately shooting into the crowd. Jesus. And then the same thing was they had smoke grenades that they were throwing and they had, uh, you know, little smoke grenade launchers. Uh, but you can see in the footage, you go, well, no one's broken any barricades right now. They're just chanting, waving flags and doing whatever they're doing, you know, but which is all at that point, technically legal. They're all in the bar- in the sections where they're supposed to be. Um, there's a lot of them. And they're, you know, loud, but like, really, there's nothing illegal going on. And all of a sudden, the police are throwing, throwing, bomb, like hitting people, like people. Poke bear. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And like, I don't know. The thing about these grenades, like, yeah, only smoke comes out, but they're not made out of marshmallows. Right. And so it's just like, oh, yeah. So, you know, people are getting clocked in the head. It's like you can some of it, the perspective of a cell phone, you see like footage, like someone's holding a cell phone. And all of a sudden, they just, you know, just fall out because they just got clocked in the head with something. Um, so, yeah, I don't Anyway, so th- this baby's dad got a citation for parading and then um, which is a serious crime. And then, I don't know, a year later or something. What month is this? I guess a couple of years after that, he uh, him and his lady got it on and then they had a baby. 
And so when uh, the mom and the baby were flying to Puerto Rico to visit her family, found out, oh, baby's on a terrorist watch list. So like right now, the U.S. Marshals are monitoring this eight week old baby. And I guess there's some other kid, like a nine year old that's on the list too, an eight year old. So, uh, you know, we're the government is doing a good job of catching the terrorists. And this is how it's going to go, man. Everybody's a terrorist. That's. Terrorist watch list needs to just go away as far as flights go. And like, it's even a designation on your ticket. Like it's uh, I forget what the letters say, but it's all like S's or something like that in the corner when you're on the watch list. Um, all right. Well, I, before we go, I do want, all right. Well, we don't need to go to all the articles. I want to basically Elon Musk, where's my hat head. Uh, Elon Musk is filing a lawsuit against media matters. Um, are you aware of Media Matters? Uh-uh. No. They are a George Soros-funded organization that uh, bills themselves as a watchdog for hate speech or watchdog of media. But basically what they do is they keep an eye on any conservative media, any non-corporate, non-left-wing media. And... Um, and so they watch all the shows, you know, like um, like a Sean Hannity or a Glenn Beck or whatever. And they'll they assign people to listen or watch the entire show. And then typically what they do is they'll take a clip and then they'll write an article about this clip about how much these people are hateful. And then they bring it to advertisers and go, do you really want to advertise with somebody that says, you know, they hate black people or whatever? And the clip typically is like out of context, you know, or they take a little snippet. Um, I think on purpose. Yeah. Like some of the shows have done things in the past just to tweak them where they come out and they say something like totally ridiculous. And then they'll, they'll wait like 30 seconds. They go, and of course we don't believe any of that kind of stuff, but you know, that's kind of the perspective people are having. And, uh, and the media matters clips it right before. Of course we don't (laughs) believe any of that kind of stuff and they'll put it out. Well, media matters decided they, we need to take out Twitter. And they need to get some advertising boycotts on Twitter because that's what Media Matter does, does. And so they are like, hey, major corporations like Disney, their ads are showing up next to white supremacist content. And you go, what? And uh, ends up, but like Elon Musk was like, that's ridiculous, you know? So they have the logs because it's all done through servers. And what they did is they set up a fake account, you know, like set up a different account. They subscribed to or they followed a bunch of white supremacists and things like that. And so then they would hit refresh and refresh and refresh. And they basically hit refresh a ridiculous number of times and, and like added accounts until finally, after a while, after manipulating this thing for a long time, they finally got an ad to pop up for something in line with some Nazi stuff or whatever stuff. And they go, boom, screenshot. And so they put it out there. And uh, so, of course, all these brands like Disney backed out and they're just like, well, we're not going to advertise on on X anymore because of uh, the stuff. So Elon Musk is suing because he can show he's like y'all manufactured like this is fraud. You manufactured a result that you wanted um, that doesn't occur naturally. Uh, the CEO, who's also a registered Democrat and um, which a lot of people didn't trust her because she's been kind of a lefty for a while. That's worked in big tech. She came out, she's like, there's only two accounts that has ever seen this the content they presented. One is Media Matters, and the other is the account they set up. Those are the only two where this has ever occurred. And I think that they got receipts, so Elon Musk is filing a lawsuit, 
And, you know, normally when you got billionaire Soros backing you up, you're pretty good on a lawsuit, but this is the first time we got another billionaire on the other end, so could be fun. Um, but maybe it kills Soros. What? Oh, oh, oh. did I say that? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, his son's already taking the reins, but Alexander. Him too. <laughs> Oops. That's, Alexander Soros is like, I think he's our age, somewhere around that, maybe a little younger than us. And he's always been, he, he does not think his father was politically active enough. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on. I know. I know. And so he got the keys to the kingdom. And so, like, he's, uh, yeah, he's the young princeling of, of whatever this thing is. Um, so you had that. And on top of that, you had this Twitter scandal here where, uh, this guy posted. So Elon Musk retweeted something and saying, you're speaking the truth. <clears throat> and, you know, I've seen some coverage of this and I, I don't know if the analysis, I mean, he came out later. Well, let's read the tweet. So this guy called the artist formerly known as Eric, whatever said, okay, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing realization that those hordes of minorities that support flooding their country don't exactly like them too much. You want, you want truth set to your face? There it is. Um, and I don't know anything about this guy. He could be. He could be. I don't know, white supremacist or anti-Semitic. I don't know. But, you know, Elon Musk replied to that with, like, you're speaking the truth. And he came out and he basically said a lot of stuff about the um, Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, uh, which is largely – it used to be they only looked for hate speech against Jewish people, I think, was their founding. Then they kind of changed the name and now it's about hate speech in general. Uh, but it's, you know, largely been kind of um, – a defense against anti-Semitism in media and all that kind of stuff, but they're very left-wing, and so what they once again what they consider anti-Semitic tends to be anything that's not left-wing. Um, and so, but when I read this, to me, what this guy seems to be talking about is the voting habits of um, of the Jewish population in America and perhaps in in the West in general. I don't know about the West in general. Uh, cause I don't live everywhere, but you know, uh, the Jewish voting block outside of Orthodox and conservatives largely votes Democrat like over and over again. Uh, recently the Democrat party has been pushing this kind of open border thing, but not in the libertarian way, more on the, you know, don't change any of the laws and just turn your back while people come over and don't, don't even keep track of who's coming in, you know? And with that, of course, we've had records of people coming in during Biden's years, um, all which was voted for the, you know, high approval rates of everything. Um, so to me, this seems like what it's saying is your complaint. Like there's people complaining now about results that they voted for. They voted for, they donated money to, they pushed for these policies that had these certain results. And now the, you know, now like the people have come in, a lot of them are anti-Semites and stuff. And so it's like, okay, perhaps this was not the way to go. Uh, so it seems to be more about like, don't cry to me that there's a lot of people in the country that are hating on you when a lot of them came in illegally because of policies you wanted. 
that's how I read it. Um, now, this guy could be total garbage and have other horrible perspectives, and maybe he meant it in a horrible way. But that's sort of how I read it. Uh, so people freaked out once again. And so you're between the Media Matters thing and this. Elon Musk is anti-Semitic and all that. Um, so I do have... Oh, no, we didn't untangle our headphones. But I do have a media clip. Have you seen this? Elon Musk Mm-mm. on the New York Times. Oh, yes. The, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, the internet wins on that. Yeah. Let's see. Let me get to it. We'll play. This is... Uh, so he... I think I on your screen i got it queued up to the time where it's most relevant uh you're gonna need the headphones to hear it but um i've heard it yeah yeah. ready yeah online there was all of the criticism there was advertisers leaving we talked to bob i hope they stop you hope uh, don't advertise don't advertise. you don't want them to advertise no what do you mean if if somebody's gonna try to blackmail me with advertising blackmail me with money go yourself yeah, I love this guy. But go yourself. <laughs> is that clear? <laughs> All right, you can have pause. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. That's one of the best parts. Uh, he says hi to the Disney CEO. Then, hi, Bob. If you're in the audience, but no. So like he goes and the, so he apologizes for retweeting this thing. He hadn't like d- deleted the his quote retweet, you know. Uh, which I think is fine. You're apologizing. You don't have to delete it necessarily. It's like, oh, I apologize. This is what it is. It's out there. Um, but you start off by apologizing. He's like, look, he's like, what I meant was the ADL and like what the ADL does and yada, yada, yada. And uh, so whatever. Like, I believe it. I, I think generally, um, I don't know. I think my analysis might have been closer to what he was thinking. Maybe not. Um because I don't imagine he's giving tons of thoughts to his retweets when he's doing stuff. He's just kind of skimming and because, I mean, he has 30 jobs. Um, but like with that in the media, so he apologized and all that. And uh, and so then they're like, well, what about the boycotts? And he's just like, you can go back yourself. And I love that answer. I love that he repeated it. And I love that he called out Disney by their CEO's name immediately afterwards. Uh, so that... I guess to end on a high note, that's one of the highlights. I think uh, Elon Musk, hopefully he does go forward with his lawsuit. I hope it goes well against Media Matters. That would be very interesting. Um, I mean, even if it shuts down Media Matters, it'll be a new organization, you know, like PolitiFact is kind of the same. But anyway, uh, something else will pop up in its place, but at least just to take him, knock him down a peg. And like, just to, I like having the guts to say, don't advertise. We don't want you. Like, if you want to do normal ads, come with normal ads. But if you want to play games and boycott and, you know, try and force my hand on how to run this company or what to say, like, go fuck yourself. I like it. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for this week. You know, like and subscribe and alerts and the things are on the tunes and the spots and the YouTubes and the rumbles and all those. So subscribe to them all. Um yeah, I don't know. Until next week, what you got, Charlie? I agree. <laughs> I already agree. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you.